Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey friends, it's Outcast Catholic. It's Father Shane Demon here. Father Travis Crotty. Welcome back. Everyone's a friend today. Everyone's a friend except for me because, guys, Father Shane just called me out. So apparently this entire time we've been recording this podcast, I do things like this. I move the microphone stand around a lot because I just get excited like a little kid. I don't know what I'm do. so excited. <laughs> so yeah, you just I like to make play a, with the I mics. Can I just make a, a public apology for anyone who's been listening to this? Like, stop dodging the mic every time. I I'm promise, probably the only one who's ever I promise noticed. I'm going to try to stop touching the mic, but I'm not Italian, but I love to talk with my hands, so it's going to be a little hard. You know, we're still going to receive you and, and welcome you, you even Thank if you. you keep, you know, Counting the microphone. The microphone. <laughs> um, yes. So I'm glad to know I'm I'm included in the the friends. Um, oh, welcome. Oh, yeah. good. You know we have a, um, a float. That's what they call them in parades mm-hmm. for our homecoming parade for the parish. And where are you pivoting to now? Here we go. What do you got? The, the parish because right, it's trying to do a little evangelization in town uh-huh. with the Catholic school. It has a kind of a little like mock up of the facade of the church. Okay, All Saints Catholic Church, and then it plays on repeat nonstop all are welcome in this civic kind of patriotic parade um in the homecoming parade in our oh own it's your own homecoming parade, parade. but oh. if you have to if you are um i don't think we actually sat on it last year as a parish but we just had a truck the, the priest did um i believe that when it is used and you if you're a lucky one to sit on it you get to listen to that song many times throughout the parade yeah i can think of different songs that i would liturgical yeah sacred music which we'll listen I, to on repeat, right? Yeah, I can think of a few other options that I might choose. So, Father Shane, a few weeks ago, I mm-hmm. received a text from one Sister Mary Carolyn. Who, Shout out to Sister who's Carolyn. Who's been on the podcast just once because we messed up her second episode and we didn't get to put it on. There was a sound glitch. We'll have to have her back. Oops. She sent me a text a few weeks ago on a certain Wednesday and said, fans need to know, is the podcast continuing? Father yes. Shane. I wonder why uh, fans would be wondering <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah, so if if some of our fans don't know, on January 19th, Archbishop Rosansky of St. Louis announced that Father Paul Hazing will be named the new rector of Kenrick Seminary in St. Louis. Father Paul is a priest of Omaha. It was also an, uh, announced that I will be named the new vice rector of Kenrick Seminary. That's right. All of which came as an enormous surprise to me. Yes. So this summer I'll be leaving my uh, duties here in Sioux City and um, packing up and heading to Missouri. To my alma mater. To your alma mater. Which is exciting. Which will be very new for me. Mm-hmm. It's not my alma mater. And I'll be taking on the, some res- new responsibilities and learning all about that community. Yes. And, and helping with uh, formation of seminarians. And I would say probably just about the same importance or even more importantly, um, as as you all know on the on the podcast, I'm, I'm a big fan of my beverages, so of course yes. I'm very eager to share with you, Father Shane, all the best coffee shops. Now, while you don't really drink coffee at all, um, <laughs> I still think it's important that you know about them, so I'll be telling you. I will do already. a pilgrimage. You need to put together a little booklet for me. But there's nothing you'll want at them because they're like, they're so like third wave. If you're into coffee, you know, they're so um, kind of specialty coffee that you, you can't even get like the smoothies there oh i can't no so oh. you can't get your tea or smoothie you're gonna have to just get espresso or, or nothing 
All right. Well, uh, I will go, and I will nevertheless like just soak up the atmosphere. Yeah. Well, that's that's important. The ambiance yeah. of it is important. Yeah. But we're going to keep this going. We're going to yes. see how that works. Yes. You've so already to, done some so to answer the question, now that we've left the listeners hanging, to answer Sister Carolyn's question, yes, the podcast is continuing. Fear not. Fear not. Uh, it is continuing. We're going to be doing it remotely and upgrading the audio technology. Uh, so hopefully there's no audio glitches if we're you know in different cities recording. And, Sister Carolyn, this might mean that you get to be on the podcast more frequently because Father Shane will be down the road. Yes, she'll you. just be across the border in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So fear not, the podcast is continuing. But the real question is, so people don't know this, but Father, if this equipment is, is kind of your baby. You did the research, it's, it's your stuff. Yeah. Um, but you, you might be willing to let me hang on to it. Absolutely. To run it, wow, okay. Absolutely, I am okay. not that possessive. That's good, I'm glad you trust me with it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So we've future, never really taken the time to help like go over all the behind the scenes <laughs> the things of thing uploading is, files. I also have that. no idea how to do it. Yeah. I usually just hang out and look at my phone while you do all that on your computer. So <laughs> um, that's what's going on. So congratulations, Father Shane. Well, thank you. It came as a big surprise, but um, hopefully this can serve the church and our own diocese in, in a little bigger way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The mascot for Kenrick is the? I have no idea. Come on, lions. You got to learn this stuff. Oh, that's right. Because they put the uh, the fake lion mane on... On Gemma the dog. Gemma the dog, the rector's That's dog. True. That's Rest right. in peace. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, will you get a dog? No. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. No, I'm allergic to dog dander. Well, I, we, had a, <laughs> no. we had one dog. We had a pet dog when I was a kid. He got run over, and then we never got another pet. And that's my pet story. <laughs> this guy's life, tragic. You yeah. puke it off of boats. And I know. <laughs> your dogs are dying, man. Um, yeah, we had one dog as a kid, and then he died. Uh, his name was Kalua. Oh, Kalua. I don't, I don't know the whole story. Is how he got that name. Hmm. My mother's maiden name is Kakula. Ah, so I, there was a bit of a riff there. Maybe they were drinking Kalua one night. I'm not quite well, sure. Russians, probably, probably. Yes. Um, but yes, Kalua the dog died, and then we just never got another one. But I think my parents didn't want a fence in the backyard. Ah. And so that just kind of solved yep, that. So absolutely, yeah. Not to, I mean, I want to hear more about <laughs> these childhood stories and these traumas, but um, you do have a uh, something of a topic plan, I'm pretty sure. Um, yes. But uh, <laughs> I hope that I, I really hope I get to hear some more Kalu. Are there any pictures of you and, and Kalu the dog that can can surface sometime? Because I think that'd be really special to. No, I think he died like when I was three. Oh, sorry. Shoot. Well, even better. There's one. My my first dog died. This is actually a funny story. My first dog's name was Brandy, and she was an Australian Shepherd. Shout out to our Kalua Aussie. and Brandy. Oh, we have oh my like gosh, boozy names that. for our pets. I didn't even think here. about that. I thought of it more as the name Brandy, but okay. I suppose that's also a <laughs> a liquor. Um, Brandy was an Australian Shepherd, and she died. And my mom made a comment when I was around the same age, about four or something like that, and said it was um, <laughs> she died because of the male dog who was coming around. Oh. And in my four year old mind, I thought. Like the dog who helps the mailman deliver mail. And sure. I was like, stupid mailman's dog? What are uh-huh. you killing my dog for? But I still don't really know what happened to the dog. But if it had anything to do with that mailman. Yeah. Well, may Brandy rest in peace. Amen. Amen. And Kalua as well. And Kalua. <laughs> oh, I touched them. See, okay, you can't help yourself. In the pocket. You just. On to the topic, Father Shane. What do you got? That'll last about three minutes here. Okay. We'll see. see. Um, I think there is. Um, always a fascination with like angels and demons. You know, there's always a fascination with the supernatural, right? Absolutely. And people can really get freaked out about this. You know, as, as a high school chaplain, 
It's one of the most frequent questions I get from high school students. Father, have you ever done an exorcism? Have you ever been in the room? Do they levitate? Do their heads spin around? What happens in an exorcism, Father? It's the most common question I get. That and why aren't dinosaurs in the Bible and <laughs> all these kind of things. Anyways, um, there's this great fascination with, with the supernatural. And uh, it would be nice that for all the attention that Hollywood gives to demons and the demonic and possession movies... It'd be nice if our culture actually gave that uh, more attention or at least that much attention to the angelic world, all the angels that are surrounding us all the time and really supporting us on our journey. Um, but given this fascination with demons, I thought one of the things that we could just kind of point out here is um, what is the role of demons? Um, we, we know that demons kind of tempt human beings and we know that uh, they're fallen angels. I mean, you know, people kind of pick that up from their general catechism lessons, like angels you know, who fell, who pridefully did not want to serve God, who wanted nothing to do with the plan of redemption for creation. Well, you know, after the, in like the very first instant of their creation, they fell like lightning from the sky, right? And so there can be this fascination and kind of a, a cursory knowledge of what angels are up to. Yeah. But I, I want to just point out a, a passage from, you know, my gal, St. Catherine of Siena. She's just, she's just one of my favorites, you know. Your gal. Everyone's got to have a, a middle-aged friend, you know, like from the Middle Ages, the medieval times. Not like, you know, 45 years old. But. That's pretty good. That's pretty good joke. <laughs> like from, she's my, my favorite medieval friend. We'll put yes. it that way. Not middle-aged, middle-aged medieval. No, that was good. That, if okay. you that was funny. Middle-aged friend. Everyone's got to have your middle-aged friend from the medieval give period. Like a, give like a one-sentence little bio of who Catherine of Siena is. Oh, yeah. So Catherine is great. She's just like one of my favorites. Um, in the medieval period, grew up in Siena, central Italy, were 1300s. There's plagues coming through Italy. She only lived to be 33 years old. She took vows as a third order Dominican. So she never was like cloistered in a Dominican monastery with women. She was actually very active in the world. Really no formal education, um, but just through a very, very, very intense life of devotion and holiness, God really poured into her just miraculous graces. I, I think you could argue that Catherine's whole life was one big miracle. You know, she was writing to kings, queens, cardinals, and popes uh, as an advisor, spiritual advisor, really helping the papacy tremendously in, in some very difficult years. She got him to come back to Rome, isn't that right? Or, Brid I mean, Bridget, she and Bridget of Sweden okay. were both very instrumental in that. Um, Catherine had, you know, just extraordinary gifts. She was a stigmatist, though the, the wounds that she carried invisibly in her body did not mm. appear until the moment of her death. Um she could she would she would live off of the Eucharist, like her body just didn't take food other than Holy Communion for long stretches of time. God infused in her an ability to to write and read. Um, she would levitate off the ground just in ecstasy after receiving Holy Communion. There's even you know some recorded evidence that she would fly up a set of stairs in her parents' home. Um, she just just extraordinary yeah. things. Um, Catherine of Siena is one of the very few saints that received direct private revelation from God the Father. You know, many saints have received apparitions from the Blessed Virgin Mary, from Christ himself. She's one of the few that really had private revelation directly from God the Father. And in her famous text called The Dialogue, it is, it's this dialogue between her and God the Father. 
And th- there's a whole series of, of topics that are discussed in this. And this, this comes from her private writings. These are devotional writings. This is private revelation. This isn't from the Bible. It's not dogmatically defined by the Catholic Church. But um, she does uh, you know, inquire a little bit about the, the reality of demons. And uh, God the Father gives her some, um, some pretty specific instructions. You know, in his power, he has the ability just to annihilate anybody instantaneously and, and zap them out of existence. I mean, he could do that with us, anyone who sins against him. But in his mercy, he allows us to remain you know, in our pilgrimage, in our journey towards greater conversion and redemption. Um, but, you know, you can start to wonder, well, like, what do the demons serve? Why, why are they still in existence if they, if they, you know, were in such an exalted state in the glories of heaven and they, uh, they did not want to serve and they pridefully would not bow and worship? What is it that they still provide, especially if they just seem to be t- tormenting us, creating spiritual stumbling blocks in our own journey? Um, so I just want to just want to highlight one thing uh, that, um, well, a couple of things that Catherine has. Are you still with me, Father? Oh yeah. Okay. You're doing an excellent job of you know keeping your hands to yourself here with the microphone. It's difficult. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you you just listen and I'll host this episode, then you don't have to kind of talk oh, with flaring, flaring hands all the time. Okay. <laughs> so here's what um, here's what the text states. You know, as if God the Father is speaking. The wicked in this life serve the promotion of virtue in my servants. Just so as, you know, as, as wicked people in this world test our patience, they test our virtue. Mm. So too, God the Father goes on to say, just as the devils in hell serve as my executioners and promoters, they do justice to the damned and promote the cause of my creatures who are pilgrim travelers in this life. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. So we know from Catherine's writings that there's, there's torments in hell. And God actually uses these fallen angels to carry out kind of those torments of hell so that justice might be served to all of those who have greatly offended his majesty in his power and his glory. Hmm. You know? Yeah, we like don't want to think about that now. No. Like it, it, we have such a, I think sometimes like a milk toast idea of, God's justice, we just want to like sweep all of that under the rug. But even just like the existence, that makes a lot of sense. The existence of demons is even just the example of God's justice. It's like right. if if this if this was the reality of showing what fallen creation exists as, right. we would yeah, we would continue to fall all the time. Right. But it, it's fascinating to think that in in God's providential plan, everything that he created you know, still is serving a purpose. Nothing gets wasted, right? Yeah. Nothing gets lost. So even fallen angels who who gave up their inheritance of eternal glory and the paradise of, of bliss in heaven, even they are still serving in the grand scheme of things a role in his providential plan mm-hmm. um, as kind of the executors of justice through the torments of hell. Mm-hmm. For, those, for those human souls who are not saved, for those human souls who are being tormented in hell um, by the torments of the demons, these fallen angels, even that in some grand capacity is still serving God in as much as he's allowing that for the sake of justice being served. Um, you know, that, that's a very cosmic you yeah. know, notion of how justice is ultimately going to be served for everybody who chooses not to be with God, right? 
I just want to make a quick point. Like when any of this conversation comes up about demons, it freaks people out. When mm-hmm. people watch weird movies, it freaks them out. Mm-hmm. What I usually remind people of exactly what you just said. If we're not with God, if we turn away from God, like right. this is what's promised to us, right? right? Through God's justice. But if we're with God, if we're receiving the sacraments, if we're living a life of grace and conversion, then there ought not be this unnecessary fear that we're just going to be like zapped by demonic possession someday. Right. There's always caution. There's always different tales of, um, of different, you know, different ways that the, the devil works in the world. Right. But I think the biggest point is like, yeah, if we're, if we're living in, in like object, abject mortal sin that like, yeah, you might, you should probably be afraid right. <laughs> of the justice of God, of like offending God. Right. Um, if you're not, if you're trying to grow in virtue, then there's not, doesn't need to be this un, undue fear that you'll be tormented by demons. Right. And with that, people should also understand the very, very forceful repellent that holiness is. You know, if you're, if you're just trying to be a disciple of Jesus, if you're radiating, radiating a sense of virtue, if you're being frequently nurtured by the sacramental grace that comes, the sanctifying grace that comes through the sacraments, if all of that's just flowing in you, Demons don't want to be around you. Right. I mean, because you are actually radiating already a shared participation in heavenly life. And that goodness, that beauty is repelling. Um, you know, it, they don't want to be around it, right? So you can't underestimate just the, the, the general call to holiness and the power that that really holds within this lifetime. You know, if, if all of us were just walking through life as the flaming arrows of divine charity, just burning with divine love. Well, evil just is repelled by that, and it just starts yeah. to melt away, right? So that should also be a great sense of encouragement because as we go through life, yes, demons can try and throw darts at us or you know give us a little temptation here or there or cause a little stumbling block in our path. Um, but thinking about it in terms of God allowing this, why would he do that? Not because he's trying to torment us, not because he's trying to like play games with us. You know, he's not manipulative. He's allowing this because he knows it's just strengthening our character and it's allowing the fire tested holiness of his saints to just shine forth ever more brightly. Mm. You know, um, real character is always shining forth most fully when it's tested. And so, allowing demons in some great big cosmic plan of God's providential goodness to still test human beings only in the end will allow their virtue to, to rise even more and thereby glorify God even more with their lives. So, you know, in this text with Catherine, he, sta- he states here that these demons do justice to the damned in hell, but they also promote the cause of my creatures who are pilgrim travelers in this life, promoting their cause of holiness as they journey along and overcome the temptations that come, you know, along only to rise above them and shine more brightly. Uh, these, these human souls created to reach me their goal, says God the Father. They are their promoters because they exercise them in virtue by vexing and tempting them in different ways, trying to make them harm each other and steal from one another. And this is not just for the sake of the stolen goods or the harm, but to deprive them of charity but though they think they are so depriving my servants, they are in fact strengthening them. That is the demons. The demons might think that they are depriving my servants of their goodness, but in fact, God says, no, they're actually strengthening my saints by proving their patience and courage and perseverance. 
That's a direct quote from Catherine of Siena's here, yeah. the dialogue. Um, so rather than take this view that um, you know the demonic realm is somehow scary and terrifying and it, you know, you're just going to go down the street and get zapped by all these demons. Right. To step back and say, look, well, look, why don't we look at the realities of heaven, hell, and earth, purgatory from God's perspective? Nothing is wasted, nothing is lost, and everything is still going to serve his ultimate plans. And therefore, whatever demons are allowed to do is only for the ultimate goal of God himself. And that if we're, if we're going through life and we're really striving through holiness, yeah, there might be stumbling blocks, but in the face of those stumbling blocks, you are just rising to the cause even more and shining quite brightly. Yeah. That, that just opens up this like really beautiful Christian worldview that in so many ways we've lost in a secular age that Catherine of Siena clearly has here. Mm-hmm. Everything is in God's design. Right. As you were sharing that from your kind of melancholic temperament, um, my like sanguine temperament's like, oh, ooh, but there's angels in there that are helping out, helping out. Like yeah. if they're, if the demons are like these executors of, of, of justice, then like, praise God, the, the, the cosmic order has angels that are executors of mercy, like right. that help us in the context of that struggle. Right. Um, it's just beautiful. I know, I know too that St. Thomas Aquinas, who would have been around the same, um, few hundred years obviously but just yeah um, just slightly earlier right just yep. a few <laughs> a few hundred years earlier earlier he talked about like how every level of creation in god's cosmic design is like filled like that's just so delightful to god that like every level be filled mm-hmm. like every level of intellect be filled every level of creation that there be all these kind of plants and birds and animals and things mm-hmm. like that it's just really beautiful to to allow that to like stir on and like spur us on toward virtue that like God's design is so much bigger than we kind of contextualize so often. Right. You know, we can put blinders on and just be in like this kind of individualistic world, you know, kind of sucked into our phones. But even, even ideas like this, no, 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 demons aren't there just to freak us out, <laughs> just to be this thing on the side. No, it's such a deep part of God's design, God's mm-hmm. plan. Which has deep ties into that whole question of why is there evil in the world? You know, well, because God is allowing that because people have had free choices, including angels who fell. Um, but, um, you know, just, there's huge ramifications as to why there's evil in the world for things that cause t- stumbling blocks or temptations or just little annoyances in our own Christian journey, uh, allowing that so that virtue shines forth even more, right? right. And we'll have to do some other episodes on the reality of angels. Right. You know, we, we can talk about demons who might want to throw little stumbling blocks in our path to holiness, but we also will later on need to focus on what angels are doing, guardian angels and so many other ranks in heaven who are assisting in these very big cosmic ways to bring about God's eternal plan and to help us in our ultimate destiny, how they are, are strengthening us uh, to keep striving after virtue, to keep drawing us back towards the Lord. Um, there's there's huge things going on in the invisible realm around us mm. that the the Christian imagination has to keep tapping into. We can't get so bogged down with the material things here and now that we lo- lose these supernatural realities that are always surrounding us. Yeah, and good Christian art, you know, can help you know promote that as well. Absolutely. Basically, what I've learned from this whole thing is that maybe some of this, you know, is that in God's design for you, Father Shane, to uh, yes. to help you grow in virtue? Yes. I think it really is. You should just keep tapping so that I grow in my patience. <laughs> okay. See you soon, everybody. Thanks. Adios. Thanks for tuning in. 
Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.